Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Today is Sunday, April 4th, 2021. On this day in 1968, civil rights leader Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. The slaying of the eminent orator who had managed to coalesce black Americans around his message of nonviolent activism ignited fury and unrest around the country. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of today's story, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of racism and murder that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today we're covering the assassination of influential civil rights leader Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Let's go back to Memphis, Tennessee on April 4th, 1968, around 6 p.m. Thirty-nine-year-old Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and a group of associates from the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, or SCLC, were gathered at Memphis's Lorraine Motel. Unlike most motels in Memphis at the time, the Lorraine welcomed black visitors. The building was a classic two-story motel style with covered external walkways. It boasted both vertical stripes of teal and the sign was a gorgeous example of mid-century space-age design. King and his SCLC colleagues were in Memphis that day to show support for the roughly 1,300 striking black sanitation workers who were fighting dangerous working conditions and low pay. The night before, King had delivered his now famous I've been to the mountaintop speech. King said, longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will, and he's allowed me to go up to the mountain, and I've looked over, and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we, as a people, will get to the promised land. After meeting with his associates on the evening of the 4th, King walked out of room 306 on his way to have dinner with a Memphis minister named Samuel Billy Kyles. He paused on the second level of one of the outdoor walkways to talk to an associate down below. Suddenly, seemingly out of nowhere, a bullet whizzed through the air. It hit King in his right neck and face area, dropping him to the ground. Everyone screamed in shock and scrambled in panic. King's SCLC colleagues rushed to his side. As soon as an ambulance arrived, he was taken to nearby St. Joseph's Hospital. But it was too late. He was pronounced dead shortly after arriving. 
Back at the crime scene, witnesses reported seeing what they called a well-dressed young white man flee from a boarding house across the street. He was carrying a mysterious package as he ran. The ensuing manhunt, reportedly conducted by over 3,000 FBI agents across the country, would grip a nation in mourning. Coming up, we'll hear how the country responded to the great loss of Dr. King and who was most likely responsible for the murder. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa from ParCast. If you haven't had a chance to check out my series, Mythology, you don't know what you're missing. Heroes, gods, monsters, and mayhem. This podcast has it all. Every Tuesday, take a deep dive back in time, exploring the history, origins, and meaning behind the myths that have shaped the Earth. Each episode of Mythology dramatizes a story pulled from beliefs from around the world, giving insight into how our ancestors saw the universe and how those stories resonate in our lives today. Recent episodes include the epic battle between Hercules and Theseus, the grieving spirit known as La Llorona, and a treacherous journey to the land of the dead. Catch new episodes every Tuesday and binge the classics anytime. Follow Mythology free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by the Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch-off, the $500,000 Platinum Jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to 500 grand is if I do scratch it? Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 platinum jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Now, back to the story. On April 4, 1968, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated at his Memphis motel. His death ignited rage and violence across the nation. King had emerged as a strong leader of the civil rights movement in the mid-1950s and was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1965. Claiming to have been inspired by the teachings of Mahatma Gandhi, King advocated for peace and was an advocate of nonviolent protest actions. Legendary newsman Walter Cronkite once referred to King as the apostle of nonviolence in the civil rights movement. But the hateful actions that took his life pushed America's black communities to their limit. In at least 100 cities across the country, people took to the streets in what became known as the Holy Week Uprisings. They marched in anger, setting fires and looting businesses. More than 40 people were killed as a result of the unrest. While King had championed peace and nonviolence, his brutal murder made it difficult for his followers to adhere to those principles. In response to the tumult, President Lyndon B. Johnson declared a state of emergency. That led to the National Guard being deployed to silence the angry citizens, expressing their grief over King's death. In order to help quell the erupting riots, Johnson urged Congress to quickly pass civil rights legislation that was already up for approval. On April 11, 1968, 
Johnson signed the Fair Housing Act, which made discrimination based on race illegal when renting or buying homes. At the same time, the manhunt for King's murderer was underway. It was one of the largest ever criminal investigations by the FBI. A suspect was captured two months after King's death, 40-year-old segregationist James Earl Ray. He had managed to flee the country. Ray was caught at Heathrow Airport in London, bearing a Canadian passport. At the time of King's murder, Ray was on the lam after escaping from Missouri State Penitentiary, where he'd been serving time for armed robbery. After his arrest, authorities claimed that his fingerprints matched one that they found on a discarded rifle near the site of the assassination. The investigation into Ray also revealed a possible motive. According to those who knew him, he was outspoken about his racist beliefs. He'd even reportedly mentioned his goal of killing King. On March 10, 1969, Ray pleaded guilty in court. In exchange for his plea, he was spared the death penalty and sentenced to 99 years in prison. But just three days later, Ray took back his confession and claimed he'd been coerced and had been used as the fall guy in a conspiracy. The slain leader's widow, Coretta Scott King, and their children have all given credence to the idea that Ray could actually have been framed. Various conspiracy theories have swirled over the killing. Many in the civil rights movement think the FBI was involved. The King family filed a civil suit in 1999, implicating the government from the local to the federal level in the murder, and the jury agreed. Coretta believed the mafia also had something to do with it. James Earl Ray himself implicated a gunrunner named Raul. Over the years, various authorities, including district attorneys, the Justice Department, and Congress, have all conducted investigations into whether Ray was really the lone killer. After five of these inquiries, they all determined that he was. King's murder shocked the nation, and citizens of every race mourned his loss and tried to give it meaning. Former Shelby County, Tennessee District Attorney John Campbell stated, You just don't think that these powerful people, these people who are larger than life, can be killed by some nobody with a gun. You know, there has to be more involved. Well, sometimes there's not more involved. In 1983, President Ronald Reagan officially established the third Monday each January as a national holiday in honor of Dr. King. But what might have meant more to King was that on April 16, 1968, two weeks after his murder, the sanitation workers he was fighting for were granted the improvements they were demanding. The recognition from Reagan was important, but the establishment's acknowledgement of the humanity of the workers was what King had been fighting for. Despite all the accolades he earned, King put himself out there to help others and further the cause of equality for all black Americans.
Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories like this one, check out the Spotify original from Parcast, Famous Fates, Movers and Shakers. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Kitovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Christine Colby, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells and Alex Benedon, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 